Hi guys, welcome back to another Badish podcast. It is Saturday and we are recording later than we usually would um, in the week, but you know, we promise you guys podcasts every Sunday. So here we are. It's Nyla as usual and I'm with Thea and uh, we're going to give you guys a brief update on what's going on with our lives and in the world and then we'll dive right into today's topic. Ain't nothing new happening with me, so I don't know why you're <laughs> looking at me. I'm still home, not working, watching, um, watching TV. Uh, watching copious amounts of television. Watching, yes, that that's a word. I don't yeah. know. I I think I kind of stepped. Not that I haven't been watching television because I definitely have, but I kind of stepped away from spending all of my time watching television recently and started back you know reading and like educating myself and or re-educating myself and whatever so I'm currently halfway through rereading um Malcolm's autobiography and I also finished reading um what's it called there's this book called Yo, I'm, I've actually been doing a lot of reading, which is why I'm losing count of like what is that I've been reading. But yeah, I have I have been getting back into, you know, like reading and just like spending less time on social media unless it's like entirely necessary and just like spending less time taking in like meaningless shit, I guess. So in other like, words, Nyla has been productive and I have not. Right. <laughs> yeah, basically. I... Um, yeah, so what updates do we have for what's going on in the world? Um, we got bumped up from third-degree murder to second-degree murder for George Floyd, um, which I'm happy with. And I, know a lot, and I know a lot of people are pushing for first-degree murder, but I actually don't think that that's the move that we want to make because first-degree murder indicates that it was premeditated and there's no... We're going to have a lot of a harder, a lot harder time proving that this you know murder was premeditated than if we had just said you know it was intentional which is what second degree murder is so i'm actually quite okay with the second degree murder charge i would like all the you know tiktok gen zers to stop trying to push for first degree <laughs> murder because that's not going to do well for us in court yeah um, it's been I'm honestly proven time and time and again that first degree murder just because yeah it is that intent it is a lot more difficult to get a charge especially when we're dealing with matters of the police force yeah um, because there's a lot of layering and protection that i feel like goes into being an officer when it comes to the justice system um, exactly. where it really is difficult to be able to prove an officer really did like commit first degree unless you have him on tape making a plan with somebody right. about and i also think that it's really stuff. dangerous to push for first degree be- and like completely bypass the whole second degree murder thing because if we do it's very likely that he will get off and realistically speaking i want this man to rot in prison i want him to rot in prison. <laughs> so you know i'm okay with second degree murder um right say what you want about uh, that what else Brianna Taylor. Um, yes. So the officers for her case still have not been arrested. We're very confused as to why. I would really like someone to hold. Yeah, I would really like someone to hold like a press conference to really explain. I would just like somebody dynamics. to be held accountable because like, how are we? The the argument always is how are we letting it be okay that people are 
getting away with you know treating members of the black community as though they are or you know just like disposable like right they're using us for target practice and that isn't okay yeah so. but brianna's law was passed and let me get my laptop because i actually googled I can find it. I'm so sorry if I can't find it. There it is. So the proposal for Brianna's Law was passed, and it's going to be going to Metro Council for a vote on June 11th. Um, mm-hmm. And under the proposal, it says, no knock warrants would be limited to crimes, including murder, hostage-taking, kidnapping, terrorism, human trafficking, and sexual trafficking. The yep. warrant could also be sought during the imminent threat of harm or death um, mm-hmm. because they did the no-knock warrant in terms it was for narcotics it was for it was like a drug case uh and that's why the police didn't have to identify themselves when um they came bursting into the house um so i'm really glad because that was something that i was actually really confused about and i was talking to my friend like how like the complexities of like how that makes sense because i Mm -hmm. understand the idea of you don't want them to know the police are coming like that like i completely agree with that but I don't see, because the the boyfriend had been arrested for, like, shooting back at the officers. And I was like, how can you charge someone for, like, assaulting an officer when he didn't even identify himself as police? Yeah. Like, I feel like you can't have it both ways. So I definitely feel like maybe I'll do some, my own reading, maybe, like, more of this week on, like, how exactly, like, a no-knock warrant works and how does that um, tie into the ideas of stand your ground, ground laws and like self-defense right, um, right, but right. I'm really glad that um, this no-knock warrant really is limited to definitely more serious crimes murder um, sexual trafficking terrorism yeah you didn't need a no-knock warrant for some drugs charges yeah. I don't I also really want that. to encourage everyone to you know take note of the primary dates and go out and vote because as much as great as it is to you know be out here marching and protesting a lot of what leads to permanent change is who we put into power as well so all the way from like our judges and our mayors um and our governors to you know the president of the united states so i just like want to remind everybody to not only look up but you know be cognizant of the dates for the primaries and make sure that you're going out and voting we have posted them on our social media i've also posted it on my personal social media um for the primary dates it's june 2nd june 9th and june 23rd um so june 2nd has passed june 9th is right around the corner so you know everybody in west virginia and georgia um i would like to you know hope that y'all are out here voting and you know enacting change as much as you possibly can and then on the 23rd it's new york and kentucky so especially kentucky please 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 do what needs to be done please please yo (laughs) so um yeah um on today's topic i just feel like the last podcast was super heavy um i think via agrees Oh, I definitely did. I was like, yeah, I feel like the last podcast was just really heavy. There was a lot going on and it was very necessary. Like it was a very necessary conversation. And it's a conversation that needs to, you know, keep happening. However, you know, with everything going on, I feel like there's no harm in every once in a while having a light conversation as well. Like our, our bodies and our minds and our brains can't always exist in like this constant state of stress. It's actually you know, medically detrimental. Stress lives in the body. So we're moving on to 
lighter, although not altogether unrelated topics today. Um, I feel like with everything that's been going on with, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement and, you know, the protests and everything that's been happening within the States, um, there's a lot to be said for people's relationships, people's friendships, all of those kinds of things. So like a lot of people are, at least I've realized that like a lot of people, you see like a lot of the creators coming out and talking about it, about how like their white friends aren't really their white friends anymore because they realize that they've like been losing followers. They realize that people that they thought they could depend upon to be allies aren't really allies um, and that you're, you're only acceptably black when you're not talking about black issues. And now that they're doing that, they're, you know, like, basically being punished for it like on their platforms so um yeah there there can there is something to be said for you know the way in which our relationships exist in the world so exactly so i actually thought of this topic when i was talking to um my friend the other day and it actually i was inspired uh, by our conversation when she talked about how she was on social media and there was this post about this girl who she's black and she like realized that her boyfriend is kind, not kind of, is like basically a white supremacist. He apparently <laughs> had been calling her like a black bitch and like reference to her, um, apparently talking to the grandfather about how all lives matter and the family, the history of oh, the yikes. family owning slaves and a whole bunch of like messy, messy stuff um and to be honest i'm honestly not quite sure how true the story is like some of y'all really just get on social media and say some wild and shit lie. and it's just and not lie. true um but the post was used in reference to this man um was talking about how oh black women da 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 he over there with these white men and then when you realize that they're white supremacists want to come back over here which is problematic in itself because let's put the facts on the table that um Black women, black, black women, men date yep. outside of their race more yep. often than black women do. So let's not even start right. that black conversation. Women all y'all that like your little, all y'all that like your little <laughs> white girls that can give you mixed babies with green eyes and curly hair because you don't want no dark skin baby, even though you a dark skin man. All y'all that Kick like rocks. you know fiery Hispanics, but whenever a black girl has anything to say, you know she has too much attitude. Like right. let's not even start on that conversation because <laughs> I could do that all night. <laughs> right. Okay. So yes, black women are actually the least likely to date outside of like their own race. But that wasn't really the point because like Nada was saying, that is for like a bigger topic. But it did kind of like get me thinking of how I'm always telling my friends all the time who date, like, you need to be asking these people questions on, like, the first date or before you get to know him. about, Or like, you turn so- into the white man's whore. Yeah, I about, about, like, social justice issues, about Black Lives Matter issues. Like, and I think, your- so I think some of the questions that we've highlighted tonight not only apply to, like, interracial relationships, but some of them do apply to relationships in general. So I don't want to say that we're only talking about questions that would apply to interracial relationships tonight because right. neither of us has dated a white man let's start okay. there. <laughs> <laughs> but um some of these questions while specific to interracial relationships some of them actually you know are applied to relationships in general as well i just want right. to put that out and, there i want to give a psa right. and not even just like romantic relationships i think these can definitely be applied to friendships um even situationships, because Excuse I don't me. think you, y'all should be busting your pussy wide open for men who believe in the patriarchy. I'm just saying, Period. like, I Period. Think... But that's, that's, just, that's just me, you know, like, right. ain't no man that's like, out here wearing a backwards MAGA hat or talking about how women belong in the kitchen and getting any of this. None of this is squish. It's not, it's not. 
Right. It doesn't make sense. Like, I'm not here trying to tell y'all how to live your lives. I'm just saying I got we got the questions for y'all to ask and while it would it would literally take us, I think, hours to go through all of the questions that we came that up we with. we had because we were we really did. firing them in the chat. Like, we were really going, like, <laughs> like Zia was typing out the questions in a Word document, and we'd hit 20, and there were still more to go. Like, and there were still so... significantly more to go. So, like, we're not going right. to touch on every single question that, like, popped up while we were, like, bouncing ideas off of each other. But we will talk about some of the ones that we think are very important. Right, so each of us picked five, so a total of 10 questions. So I think, do you want to do it like I do when you do one, or do you want to do yeah, all of your five? I think, no, I think I we do... can I think we can interchange. I also think it's good to interchange because I might have, I'll probably have opinions on what you have to say and like your question. And, and vice versa. Vice okay. versa. However, the first, right. the first question I want to ask, which isn't included in any of my five or any of Zia's five, but I think is very important is as we sit down in this setting, on this first date, I think it's oh very important God. for me to ask you, is there any woman out here who thinks that she's your girlfriend? Who thinks that you all have attachments? <laughs> is there any woman who is the mother of your child? <laughs> Just let me know now so that I know whether or not this dinner is going to continue. Please. Because right. I would hate to think that we're out on this date and then you're going home and sleeping in another woman's bed and then two weeks later, she's in my IGDMs talking about some, I'm coming to you as a woman stay away from my man because I don't play that like, I'm that's, coming that's to not you me, as baby. a woman he like, has a home that he goes to every night can you please let my man go and I'm just like um <laughs> Matt what like who are you <laughs> like I've never heard your name before like right. I was watching but, you this know, criminal minds episode less, today. I was watching this criminal minds episode today and this man had like six different versions of himself like every woman knew a different name knew a different house that he lived at he was sleeping with all these women like two of them were pregnant with his children i know what one episode them, you're talking about one of, i swear one of, them, one of them already had like his child that was like nine years yes old. and he, so like, um, he he died in the end because of the cop shot him in, right yes i know episode you're talking about i watched episode yeah. like two weeks ago bruh. but i was like yo like y'all are doing a lot right now and oh, you know what i will not i will not be in the mix I'm not, yeah, I'm not trying to be nobody's, having... I'm not trying to be nobody's stepmother. I'm not trying to be nobody's outside woman. None of that. So y'all let's just start out there. you are having two different families and I'm just, two. is that not exhausting? Families. I just feel like that's no, exhausting. right? Like <laughs> I'd be thinking about it, right? And like granted, like people date, like people date casually, but I cannot in my mind fathom having two boyfriends. Like putting myself through that work of having two actual men like not not right. two men that i'm casually but like two actual men sounds real right. good who come me. with like their own problems and their right. own needs who, and ex- their who own... both Ooh. expect me to be their therapist nah Ooh, no. nah <laughs> anyways z you can go on with your first question okay so my first question was do you believe in a colorism so this is definitely um more catered towards the black community um than like interracial interracial relationships obviously and i think it's important because i know for the black community racism is you know this undisputed fact um but i do see every day once in a while these instances of colorism there is debate and i'm very confused as to why right uh, to the debate and i'm really confused like as a dark-skinned woman existing not only within the states but within the world and within the black community in general like 
it's all well and good to not experience something and as such not have an opinion on it um but you don't get to invalidate my experiences especially if it isn't something that you've ever experienced you know what I mean and so like I was even having this conversation with somebody the other day where it wasn't even colorism as it relates to relationships like men dating women who might be might be of a lighter complexion or whatever but it was kind of a like while racism exists you find that those who are white passing or even like a little mixed ish that are you can be considered exotic but like in a cute way as opposed to like bluntly black features are are easier able to move through society than people who are like undisputedly black you know what i mean so can't nobody tell me that colorism doesn't exist especially since i've experienced it myself but right it's been proven time and time again especially in industries that require kind of like a face a facial presence so um like your singers your actresses um models so on and so forth even your athletes sometimes yeah i think especially for like women not more not really men i feel like but more oh but if you look at the athletes wives though (laughs) 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 there's work to be done so i think um I think it's just important to acknowledge colorism um, just for the fact of this idea of if we are all not getting the respect that we deserve, then we're doing it all wrong. Like the, yeah. the game is still rigged. Like we are still not succeeding as a people. So yeah. if you are with someone who doesn't believe in colorism, I s- honestly feel like you do still do not completely support the black community. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm going to tell y'all how to live your lives. Um, so if you want to date people, cause I know, especially like some women and men really do not believe in color, do believe in colorism and they don't have issues like dating partners who do not believe in that. I think maybe because we don't see it as a big issue as to maybe racism. Um, but I think if you're really having those hard debates in your houses or in your like your relationships or even in your friendships, that it's something that I feel like can't necessarily be ignored. Um, especially if you have darker skin friends like yeah and I think even if it might not be as dominant in like romantic relationships you it is actually quite prevalent in friendships especially like within college culture like university culture because a lot of the times especially in like at PWIs or even I think it even happens at like HBCUs where like people will gravitate towards and it's just like it's a stigma in society as it exists anyways, because people always, or not people always, but there has historically been this idea that lighter is better or, you know, more Eurocentric features are are more pleasing or more, you know, palatable. So I think even if it might not, because like obviously if somebody's into you, they're into you. So you're really not thinking about whether they have you know colorism existing in the back of their minds or whatever like as a dark-skinned woman if somebody is interested in me I'm not going to assume that you know they prescribe to colorist like behaviors or mindsets however you do see it like exist in friendships where a guy will come up to a bar and ask the dark-skinned girl for the light-skinned girl's number or whatever I think you even see that represented in media and television as well so I think it's just something to be cognizant of and if you are, you know, somebody that has had experiences with colorism or whatever, it might not benefit you, but it might be important to you or more important to you to know how the people around you feel about those kinds of topics or scenarios. Facts. Yeah. 
So um, my first question, which is completely left field in comparison to Zia's question, is a question about the relationships that the person that I might be interested in pursuing a romantic relationship with has with other people in his life, especially with, well, I guess I could say her life too, but right now we're talking about men. Um, but the relationship that like the person that I might be pursuing has with their mother and their father. I think the relationship that men have with their mother says a lot about how they view and treat women. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's my personal belief. So I, I feel like I've just seen, so I've seen examples where y'all love your mother to death and y'all treat women like trash. So I'm honestly not sure no, what so, the... So I was, so after you said what you're going to say, I didn't mean to cut you off, but after you said what you're going to say, this is what I was going to say. I think the relationship is very important because if you have a healthy relationship with your mother where like you get along with your mother and you're respectful and everything, that says a lot about how you will treat women. However what also needs to be considered is if you have a more dependent relationship with your mother or you have a relationship where your mother has coddled you or like never held you accountable for your actions or has like always like you know catered towards you then you have this mindset of women or like at least in my experience men tend to have this mindset of women where like women are you know more subservient or they're less likely to show respect to a woman who may be more you know like opinionated or independent or any of those things i think that there's this dangerous thing that happens especially within the black community with like black mothers because they're so fearful for their son's lives especially in america where they like overcompensate so they're you know they're like trying to you know keep them safe so they're coming them and they're catering to them but then it leads for a very egotistical and, um, you know, sociopathic men in their adulthood, as the and I both know about one of my exes. So, you Right. Know. So, yeah, I think that's actually a really important distinction. There's, there's definitely a difference between being raised in, like, a supportive home as opposed to, like, being coddled. Um, and and I really think, yeah, and cater to, I think it really can even be, like, emotionally stunting. If you are constantly um keeping your child away from like not necessarily stress i'm really not sure what the right word is that i'm thinking of but if you like constantly keep them from like having to like express emotions um because you never want them to be hurt or if you never let Mm -hmm. them know that maybe they're wrong and like how to work through being wrong and apologize because in your view your son can do nothing wrong etc etc um when they grow into adults i feel like they really can have difficulties because then expressing you expressing emotion right that's what um, i was going to say you have all yeah. these men that don't know how to talk about their feelings or don't know how to how to have proper conversations don't know how to acknowledge the things that they're going to think that every discussion is an argument like you have right. like all these issues that are highlighted in adulthood that can be traced back to childhood so right yeah and you think that the conversations are catered towards you like um because your like your parents like made it or your mother made it that um everything is centered around you and not other people so when people come to you um with like a problem like maybe you did something to make them upset instead of looking at from the perspective of how they feel and responding to that you look at it as an attack on your character because you were never taught to look at things about from how they affect other people um i also wanted to say when it comes to specifically like single mother households um, I think one thing that I 
have kind of like noticed, which I think is a very interesting kind of dynamic is resentment towards single mothers for being single mothers. Period. You are. Period. So, Say it again for the yeah, ones you... about. Repeat it again <laughs> for the ones about. Please, repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. For everybody that missed that, Zia's just gonna, she's gonna say it again, you know, just in case you missed it, because... No, like, so guess told. what? I don't exactly remember what I just said. I hate you. <laughs> Basically, um, what she was saying is that, you know, a lot, uh, not a lot, but you see sometimes with men that were raised by single mothers in their adulthood, they have a certain type of resentment oh, yes, towards women I who are that. single mothers. Right, no, yeah, I get off track really easy. But yeah, so I think because you lo- y'all love your mothers down and I'm not necessarily saying that you don't, I don't think that is the case. But I think there can be like some deep set of resentment because there are difficulties with that come with being a single mother. You yeah. can't be as round as much because you have to work. They're very spread thin. I think they're more prone to stress. So maybe they're a little bit more likely to snap at you or discipline you maybe more than they would in a more steady household, a more nuclear household. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and I think that grow- that also speaks to the other question that I was saying. It, it isn't just what your relationship is like with your mother, but also what your relationship is like with your father. So even if you grew up in a single parent household, like a single mother household, if you still have a relationship with your father, so your father is still paying child support and you're still seeing him on a pretty regular basis, your upbringing is very, very different from somebody who right. only grew up with like their mother. Mother. Or, yeah. And it can be very easy to blame more the parent than that is there than the player the that, that is not. There. So it is really easy, I think, for people to have like a lot of resentment towards mothers, even though that they were there because they are the disciplinarian. Yeah, like, and I don't think household. that's even yeah. I don't think that's even just a thing with guys. Like I think that happens with women too. Like you find a lot of daughters that are raised by single mothers do have some kind of resentment to their mothers because their mothers were the only person that ever like had to discipline them or had to, you know call them out when they were doing something wrong or you know had to structure their lives and then especially I think it happens I know I can speak for myself where I was with my mom all the time and then I only saw my dad on holidays or whatever so because my dad was a fun parent my mother was it was like good cop bad cop kind of thing so like my dad would take us out for the whole day and let us eat all the candy that we wanted and then I'd come home and I'd be sick and it was my mother that had to deal with me while I was sick instead of like my dad having to do with that you know what I mean so like um I have very good I have very good relationships with both my parents right now but there there is like something to be said for you know at some period in your life you know before the healing happens and all the introspection happens and all that like resentment for the parent that stays because it's just it's easier to place the blame closer to home than it is to you know place it on the parent that you hardly ever see so you want to enjoy the time that you have with them or whatever else right so I think it is definitely important that I think even if you don't think you have it, because I don't think, I want to say this because I don't think this is something that men and women do purposefully. Um, Mm -hmm. But I do think if you find yourself maybe having issues with relationships or maybe realizing that you do have maybe some sort of like familiar, like resentment, like towards like your mother or your father, whether you're raised in um, just by a single mother or a single father, because I do believe this could also happen being raised by a single father. The key here really yeah. is more single, single. parent mm-hmm. than necessarily uh, a blame on. It's just, it's always a single mother. It's always a single father. It is just like being in a single parent household. But I think it is important that like 
if if you are at, not going to therapy because I realize there can be like multiple reasons why someone wouldn't go to therapy um, without the fact, without the basis of without like believing in it like because <laughs> I think there's a reason between like believing and like the purpose of therapy and maybe not being able to go because maybe you can't afford it as opposed yeah. to not believing in therapy so you don't go um, but if you do as someone who does believe in therapy or maybe you can't afford to like go because shit that should be expensive that's money I get it um, yeah. Being able to maybe have a community leader or if you're religious, like going to church and being able to kind of like talk through like your upbringing in your childhood and trying to really kind of like come to grips for, for your childhood being what it was and yeah. knowing that your parents, unless they were actually just abusive assholes, doing the best that they really could Which do be with the situation sometimes. that, yeah, I mean, that is true. And like, there's a difference between that and like trying to do their best with the situation that they were given. Um, so I think yeah. that's just really important. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, so I think we can move on to your next question, Z. Okay, so my next question was, what's your view on masculinity in the Black community? And this is definitely, like, I feel like a hot trigger topic. I think it's something that I see debated a lot online, um, and it comes out, I think, in a lot of different ways. Um, how do I want to do this? Yeah, so it comes out, like, in a lot of different ways, and it also a little bit ties into my next question, but I'm going to try and, like, keep it focused on this. Um, I think that for a long time, we viewed kind of Black masculinity in this one way. It was kind of like the alpha male, dominant, one-dimensional, yeah, yeah, so really one-dimensional, alpha male kind of dominant um provider first everything else not even second everything else last kind of thing yeah um and i think and i think that was definitely based in trauma from being slaves and like in segregation and things like that men really had no choice but really to try and be like the backbone and the provider for families um because the struggle was just that real like um but now with things kind of like leveling out, not necessarily um, 100% equal, but shit, we're not slaves anymore. Um, I think this idea of we're like seeing men being able to be more expressive. We see it through music when we have like artists like Juice World, um, where like we're showing the more, I feel like softer side of masculinity that men... Mm-hmm do have feelings that men really do struggle with mental health issues um that men and then like even this idea of men no longer wanting to solely be providers they believe it to be more 50 50 and I feel like that is something that can really be divisive in the black community this idea of do men really have to be paying your rent and doing all of these things and they should always put their wallet first um or is it about building relationships with the people that they're with and making it what 50-50 um, when it comes to kind of like blatant homophobia in the black community? So not only is like being a black male still seen as taboo, but I think the idea of like showing emotion, dressing a little bit, maybe like more feminine, being more in touch with their feminine side, I think can still be seen as an attack on the black family union and you couldn't see but that was in quotations yeah so called attack so Um, the 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 way i feel about this is in general i agree with you i think there has been a very one-dimensional 
idea of what it means to be a black man, which is very dangerous because you don't give anybody the opportunity to be anything other than what you say they can be. And I think that like, especially with like younger generations, we started to come away from that where, you know, we are big on expression of self, no matter what that looks like. And while there still are issues, you know, um, we're working on it. You know what I mean? Like there has been progress. And I think it's very important to know how the person you're with stands on these kinds of things. Because for example, if you're a woman who thinks that men should be caretakers, especially like black men and their existence within the community, if you are a woman who thinks that, but you're a man, for example, or the person that you're pursuing, for example, thinks that, you know, it should be more of a 50-50 split and we're building a union together as opposed to, you know, one person just like being the sole provider or anything, then if you don't establish that outright, like what it is that you both want out of the relationship, then it's very hard to move forward from there because you're always going to be at odds about what the ideal relationship should look like. You know what I mean? And you don't want to have all of this like constant interfighting within your relationship or whatever. Like it just, it's not conducive to a healthy relationship at all. So I think it's very important to know how your person or your partner or the person that you might be pursuing feels about those kinds of stances and their opinions on those or their ideas about what the ideal relationship and the ideal roles in a relationship look like. And, you know, especially like not to have, and this is just my personal opinion. I don't think it is conducive to a good relationship or productive for a relationship to have this only like this idea that that one person in the relationship can only have this like one dimensional structure to themselves because it's very limiting and if you can't fully express yourself in a relationship with a the person, then why are you with that person? That's just like my personal opinion. And I think a lot of people share that opinion as well. Um, but yeah, you should be able to be your like honest and true self with the person. And for example, if you are with somebody who thinks that, or you are somebody who thinks that, you know, black men should be, you know, stoic and strict and, you know, the providers and everything, then, and your your boyfriend or partner or the person you're pursuing doesn't, subscribe to those same ideals then you have this like divide in the relationship where they don't feel like they can ever like fully be themselves with you or fully express themselves which is very dangerous in a relationship i agree let's see so that brings us to your second question okay so i think my second question kind of ties in with that as well just be not fully with that but it ties into like the progress that we've made as a community and where we are looking to go and I know the, to the topic of therapy within the Black community is more taboo than it would be in maybe other communities because there's this idea in the Black community, at least that I've witnessed, where therapy is some white people shit. Excuse my language. Um, so I think um, this kind of ties into that and like, your ideas about what, your ideas about therapy in general. But my, my question would be, do you believe in therapy? Why or why not? Personally, I do. So I don't think, and I go to therapy quite often, actually, um, just because like, I have my own like mental health issues or whatever, but therapy is a big part of my routine. So for example, if I was somebody who, if I was with somebody who completely abhorred therapy, we'd have an issue, you know what I mean? So I think it's very important to find out where the person that you're pursuing or your partner stands on those kinds of issues, because especially with things like mental health that are now kind of, you know, making their segue into black society and the black community and even like you know the whole like idea of men going to therapy and stuff um it it could be it could be very dangerous to be with somebody who doesn't 
you know, kind of see, and I'm not saying that in your relationship, you and the person that you're with have to see eye to eye on every single thing or have to have the exact same opinions on every single thing. But there's certain things, you know, especially as it relates to morals and, you know, way of life that should be agreed upon so that you can have a healthy relationship. Um, so I'm asking you, Z, like, do you believe in therapy? Why or why not? And then how do you feel about that question as it relates to somebody that you are pursuing? Well, so I definitely am a believer in therapy. I do not currently um, attend like any therapy sessions. Like I don't go on a regular, I've never seen a therapist. Um, But I do believe in the process and this idea of being able to like work through not necessarily even trauma, but like stress, um, maybe just like, maybe not depression, but just in terms, maybe like if you had a very real life altering Um, situation that currently happened in your life and you're trying to kind of figure out like how to process that um i really think therapy can be helpful for those things like that um Mm -hmm. the really cliched the really cliched um saying um you go to a doctor for physicals and things like that all the time to make sure that your physical body is healthy what's the problem with going to that doing that like for your mind um your mind is i think a very delicate thing that most people kind of really don't think about it because it's such it's so connected, I feel like, to who we are. We see it as an extension yeah. of ourselves that we don't think it of it as something I think that necessarily can be traumatized or affected by trauma or affected like by depression and things like that, um, that we really feel like there really isn't a point to therapy because why am I going to talk to someone? But it's not necessarily just talking. Um, someone talk, You talk, someone listens, and they kind of give you insight onto like help your feelings. They can help you figure out like, why something upsets you it can help you and then it also gives you kind of as somebody who does go to therapy and experiences therapy on a regular basis and not every time i go into therapy am i having a mental breakdown you know what i mean like sometimes it really just is talking and sometimes it really does help to talk to somebody who is completely objective so they they're not in any way affected by the situation that you're in they're not in any way aside from being your therapist connected to you so you know like sometimes you might go to your friends for advice but your friends are technically biased because they are your friends and they love you it's not the same thing as like talking to a therapist you can give you like a purely objective opinion on a situation that you might be in who might and I think I think people forget that like therapy doesn't always need to be this constant thing sometimes therapists just like help you gain the tools that you need to be able to live a healthy lifestyle so like you might go to therapy for a month or two months and then you might not need to go every week anymore you might just go once a month or you might go once every two months because you and your therapist have like built a rapport you know when to check in and they've given you the tools that you need to like get through you know maybe rough patches in your life or like if you're somebody who lives a very high stress lifestyle giving you ideas of how to get through those like patches of stress and to like you know maintain you know calm and peace so that you're not just like always wild up or always on the defensive or always like emotions helter skelter or whatever it may be for you it changes for every person but yeah yes and I think I I do not think that I would date a partner who didn't believe in therapy and the reason why would be I think when people say that they don't believe in therapy I don't really believe that it's the therapy itself I think it is more along the lines of black people don't suffer from trauma black people don't suffer from mental illness so on and so forth so like why do you need to see a therapist if those things do not exist yeah and I really don't I could not see myself with a partner who does not believe 
trauma and mental health issues in the black community to be true i feel like that could be very toxic to deal with especially if you have your own like trauma that you refuse to work through because in your mind you don't have any um i'm not here to be anyone's therapist either there's literally only so much that i can take and listen to at a time i'm not trying to and this is going to be my next question and i know that we've been bouncing back and forth but because this ties in so well to my next question i'm going to ask that you let me just spit it out just spit it out right so one of my questions was are you aware of your past traumas and are you actively working to address and eradicate the effects of said traumas in your life as well as how do you deal with like new trauma or you know like stress or whatever and i think that this is very important because i find that i see this i see this idea a lot where especially within the black community i can i can only speak you know for my own experiences because i am a black woman that predominantly dates within my race um and within my culture but i've noticed a lot that there's this idea of ride or die which is cute but ride or die does not mean that you put all of your trauma onto me or you put me through the world of pain and hurt and I put up with it because I love you that is toxic that is manipulative and it is just unhealthy I said what I said quote me because I will not take it back I said what I said like (laughs) I said it and I meant it I said it um but yeah so this this idea that you know the person that you're with has to be responsible for everything that you're going through and helping you manage that don't agree with it yes the person that you're with helps you because y'all are together and this is a unit and whatever but no I don't believe in the idea that it's two halves forming a whole more like it's two holes forming a union you know what I mean and so within that union you are still your own person and I'm still my own person and everything so I think it's very important to acknowledge and be aware of you know how you manage the hard parts of your life because if you aren't aware of that I can promise you now, I am not willing to take on your baggage as my own. I'm not willing to right. do it. And that might just be me. I don't think it's just me. Like, Zia and I have had this conversation already. Zia's not willing to do it either. But yeah, I'm not willing to take on your baggage as my own. Like, I'm not willing to make life harder for myself. I'm willing to, as your partner, help you. I'm willing to, as your partner, provide you with resources. I'm willing, as your partner, to provide you with, like, an air, you know? Like, wheeling in the bed at night and you need to have a conversation. Yeah, we can have that conversation. Like, you know, we're at dinner. You want to talk about something serious? We could do that. But expecting me to, you know, bear the weight of everything that you're going through is unfair and unrealistic. But how right. do you feel? I think even, like, trauma can manifest itself into, like, your trauma can manifest physically and how you deal with people in your relationships, too. Um, I think people who have repressed or unaddressed trauma, I definitely feel like they're more likely to be alcoholic. They're more likely to be physically abusive. They're more likely to be... In general, they're more volatile. Yeah. So um, it's just not a good situation to be in, I think, in general for anybody, whether you be female or male, to be in a relationship with someone who has repressed trauma. I feel like after a certain point, not only can it be damaging for your own mental health, but it can actually be damaging for your safety and your welfare. Um, yeah. I, and I think, think I think I've actually I think I can actually speak to that because I have experienced that in, experienced that in one of my relationships where not it, the because neither of us was 
like I wouldn't say that he was in part the only person that was wrong in our relationship or I was in part like I was the only person that was wrong in our relationship like they both contributed to it and it it bled into this kind of like codependence where like the only people that we were ever talking to about anything that we were really going through was each other which was kind of dangerous because then there was no there was no like happy space or happy medium existing in our relationship and then at some point it led to you know somebody blowing up or somebody like tipping over the edge which really you don't want to constantly exist in like a high stress situation or like constantly on the ledge or constantly like on the edge of the mountain where you constantly feel like you're gonna fall off like that's not somewhere that you want to live your whole life and it's very easy to get into that place if you're not addressing not only like your past past traumas but also like your current stressors and how you deal with them and just like in general how you live your lifestyle so Okay. And that actually uh, kind of bleeds into my next question. This all, yeah, these are all kind of like interconnected. I feel like our last like couple of questions that we've been Mm -hmm. going through. So it is, what is your belief about the roles of black women within the community slash relationships? (laughs) Nella already wants to speak. So actually I'm going to let her, I'm going to let her get this off her chest first. I think... I think, I think you see this a lot because in, whether because of, you know, just like systematic problems within, and I'm speaking towards like the U.S. specifically, but whether it be like the makeup of the system within the U.S. where like black fathers are taken away from their families more often or at higher rates than like any other race, um, you see this issue of, and we spoke about it earlier, of single black mothers, right? Right. And you see, I think, I think there's this idea of because a lot of, you know, black males as they come into adolescent adolescence and everything, they see their their black mothers managing everything, and even if their fathers do like show up later on in their lives or their mothers have partners or whatever, they still see their mothers managing so much that they think that black women should be the end all be all, which leads to this, as I spoke of before, right or die perception, right? And I am of the firm belief that no one person can be everything for you. So if you, as a Black man, and obviously this speaks to the Black communities, which is why I'm speaking of Black men, but um, if you, as a Black man, believe that the role of Black women within the community is only to exist as caretakers and providers for everybody other than themselves or for everybody before themselves, block me. <laughs> block me, block me <laughs> I don't know what in the toxic what in the toxic I don't know what about that sounds right to you but it doesn't sit well with my spirit and right. even speaking about this makes me want to stage my fucking room <laughs> because have y'all lost your mind right and I think it's actually a really interesting dynamic because not only do we I think in the black community expect black women to carry the world on their shoulders at the same time we do want women to be submissive we want women black women to be the followers and i don't know how you can be both Equate at the, the two. same how, time how can, how can you do I, both how can I you be don't. both <laughs> like it's just it's just impossible like at one point you have to you have to pick one something, it's just not conducive so you yeah. can't you can't expect to be the bearer of your children and the provider for your family and the fighter for your rights, uh, all of these other things. And then at the same time, I expect me to be the most sensitive, the most sensual, the softest person that you know. It's not going to happen. 
Right. I feel like I'm not saying last... I'm not saying that people can't be multifaceted and you can't be soft and still, you know, stand up in these streets and talk about Black Lives Matter and riot and fight the power. I'm not saying that you can't do those things, but I'm just saying like you can't you can't expect me to, you know, be the full matriarch while not getting the respect that I deserve. And then on yeah. the flip side, also expect me to, you know, be your little soft girl that picks flowers and goes on picnics and picks flowers. <laughs> goes on picnics and you know gives you dinner and pussy and massages your back after work and 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 and, and. you get me like I'm your therapist <laughs> and I'm your hair braider and your feet rubber and your dick sucker like it's not gonna happen it's not gonna happen How come in every like urban romance or w- movie like the women are always braiding the hair always braiding the hair or you know always like the hair. sitting on the sidelines as he's at, at, at basketball practice or you know snapping her fingers in his porch islam or you know like right. we just talked about like five different movies love and basketball jason's lyric like <laughs> poetic justice right and i feel like in all of these movies the black women were supposed to be complimentary towards to the like, black man to the man but nobody ever wants don't... to talk about that and i'm sorry oh. but i exist in this life and in all others as my own entity i am not an add-on for your lifestyle okay it's not gonna happen right maybe that's why i'm single (laughs) i think in like the last couple of years i think i've seen like this discussion on the role of black women in like relationships and how that dynamic has changed for the worse and the worse in quotations because i feel like i've seen a lot of people be upset with the idea of Black women are too independent now. They got degrees and they go to work and they want to spend their own money and they want to like... And what about it? And what about it? Yeah, and what about it? And I really feel like this is like the... How patriarchy really knows no boundaries. Like it really is across race. Um, because I really just don't know how you could be upset that black women want jobs and to go to school and for some reason because they want to be more independent that that it's a bad thing I've seen a lot of black men online make derogatory statements about it I don't understand y'all would get and make songs like I ain't saying she a gold digger but she ain't fucking with no broke nigga but then the minute a bitch wants her own money it's an issue the two don't add up and I really think it kind of goes back to this idea of like the old family unit and this idea because let's make this clear and like women women do this too and it it really annoys me um when we talk about how back in the day like they were the men were the providers and blah 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 let me let's let's put this out there because i i really don't have a problem with women who want to be housewives i do not have a problem with women who want their men to be the provider and they just kind of like take that back exactly. if that yeah. is what you want yeah like if that is what you want that is fine but i really feel like we need to get out of this narrative that that is supposed to be the normal the reason why black men white men all men had to be the provider is because y'all wasn't allowing women to have jobs we didn't have y'all rights, wasn't bro. allowing women to <laughs> vote like women were seen as property marriage was Marriage was basically property. Yeah, marriage is great and lovey and shit. But now, you were worth like, three goats. That's not how, like, we did not have right. rights. 
people paid dowries and shit for women. Like, I don't really know what y'all expected to do. If men weren't providing for women in the home, women would be on the streets homeless. Like, because y'all were, you wasn't letting anybody have a job or work or nothing like that. If they spoke up too loudly. And this is why, like, you, if women spoke out in the home and they were too, like, I feel like outspoken, men could easily be like, but I pay the bills. Yeah, but I do this. But I this run is the why, household. This is why men used I to think, beat their women, their wives, right. and get away with it. Because where would she go, bro? And I, where would and she I go? think your problem is that I do not think the problem is that you think women are too independent. I think you are upset that you can't keep women controlled anymore. That at the slightest um, chance of disapproval from like black women, if they see something in you that they don't like, they are well financially able to pack up their shit and leave and, and start leave. over. And, and there is there's honestly it. something fundamentally wrong with wanting somebody to be so solely dependent on you. Like that yeah. is problem. That's problematic ideology in itself. But we're not going to talk about that today. Yeah. So I just feel like, and this is not to say this is not to say there's anything wrong with like spoiling your women, your woman, or like I almost said women, but you know some of y'all just have multiple women, so I should have said women. I should have yeah. said my gun. <laughs> but anyways, th- I'm not saying there's anything wrong with like spoiling your woman. Or, like, your man taking care of you or whatever. Like, you know what? If my man won't buy me that Louis V bike, he could buy me that Louis V bike. You know what I mean? Like, if he wants to buy me that right. car, I ain't as he did, right. then he should, you know? But, you know, nothing, it should never be anything that creates an unequal power dynamic inside of the relationship. I think that's my right. whole thing. So if you're okay with like being a housewife and he's okay with be- you being a housewife and both of y'all have come to that mutual agreement and nobody holds it over the other's head, right. perfect, Great. fine. Perfect. That is a healthy relationship. But if it's one of them situations where like you a housewife and he out working and he treating you stink because he out working and you're a housewife, there's an issue. There should never be an unequal distribution, an unequal distribution of power within any relationship, I think. Right, because definitely like what you were saying, that you can have equal distribution of power in a dynamic where like someone is a housewife and a man does do all of the work and pay like majority of the bills. And like the key to that is the idea that this is like a consensual agreement that both parties agreed on because then no one is holding it over anybody's head. It's like, it's not like you say something and your man comes home upset. And your man is like, but all you do is sit on your ass all day and don't do yeah. nothing. And I pay the fucking bills in this house. And it's like, well, sir, you paid the bills in the house because you wanted to. Exactly. Like, so like, you can't, like, you can't get mad. You can't use that as, as ammunition. You can't in a use fight. that as leverage, as ammunition to hold over someone's head. Because then it just becomes emotional and financial abuse. Yeah. And then that's just a whole other, like, topic of discussion that that kind of goes into um yeah, so I definitely kind of keep that in in mind if you want to be a boss bitch you need to find a man who believes in boss bitches right and you know and what? if you want to be a boss say, bitch housewife say, you need to find someone who wants a boss bitch housewife and i always like, say niggas want a bad bitch until they start dating a bad bitch and then they want her to stop the bad bitchery that drew him to her in the first place and that's not yeah. how that works sir if you can't handle a bad bitch don't pursue bad bitches you know what that'll be right. okay because it's not about because it's not about having a bad bitch. It's about the idea of being able to capture one. It's about possession. Yeah. It's about I was which able to tame the bad bitch, which is I, anybody, I'm not and trying psychotic. to be tamed. Right. I'm not trying to be tamed. Like, uh, uh-uh. uh. Let me. The mouth you got is bitch. the mouth you gonna get. 
Right. Right. Let me exist as a bad bitch within this relationship. No, I expect me to switch up all of a sudden. You knew what you were getting into when you signed up, my guy. <laughs> Anyways. Like, honestly, the audacity. Okay, uh, next question. My next question, and my last question, because I, I had said two of my questions at the same time, but my next question oh, is... What is your stance on cancel culture within the Black family unit? And let me let me be specific here. So, for example, there's this idea in general, not even as it relates to the Black community, but there's this idea in general that boys will be boys. And then I think you see it, especially within the Black family unit, because you everybody knows these things and then or these things that might be happening, and then you still keep it very hush hush. Like you know that your uncle diddles girls, and nobody ever talks about it. You know what? He still comes to the cookout. He still gets a plate, you know. But he's a molester. And y'all have not addressed it. And now there are all these little girls walking around with trauma that they're going to have to unpack in their adult lives. Because y'all just chose not to address there was a molester in your family. So my question to somebody that I might be pursuing is, are you canceling your problematic family members? Like, are you talking about, about things that you observe that are wrong whether the person is like an elder within your family or a respected member in your family or your brother or your cousin or whatever else like how are you addressing and the things that people that are close to you do and how are you holding them accountable to their actions right because while right because while you while adults are adults and they're going to do what they can what they're going to do it does not mean that you should kind of like sit back and let them do them and not really do anything about it. I think it's really, I think I see why it could get gray. Like when it comes to family, especially when we're talking about adults, because I feel like some people may think that there really isn't anything that I can do, but I but think I also feel like, still I needs also to feel be like, made. I also feel like I'm grown. You know what I mean? Like I'm 21. I live by myself, right. you know, like, bills are paid you know whatever you we are we are dating as adults now you know what i mean like it's not like you're right. 17 anymore and things aren't still being like you you're a grown-ass man you're 25 years old and you're right. still you know buddy buddy with like your cousin that you know gang bangs and like does fuck shit or whatever like right are you are you holding the people in your life that are in your life currently not not like things that you had no control of over when you were younger but, like, currently, are you holding your friends accountable for their actions? Like, are you friends with rapists? Like, are you holding your family members accountable for their actions? Are you holding... Because, to me, that speaks to self-accountability as well. Like, are you holding them accountable to their actions? Are you holding yourself accountable to your own actions? Like, that's big for me. Accountability is big for me in the person that I'm dating. Well, I definitely agree with that. I think that... What am I going to say? I really think that... Even if it's so, if it's going to be something as simple as not having your significant other or partners like around people that you know are triggering for them. For example, if you are a white person and you know your family is racist. Racist as fuck. Racist as fuck. What might not be a good idea would be. It's making me go to lunch with them every Sunday. Yes, exactly. And if you see something that is going to be turned into a serious relationship, while you cannot help that your family is racist, you should be having a discussion with racist family members and setting up a dynamic where they are either not interacting 
or where you are respectful of the person that you're with. Exactly. So at the very least, even if nothing comes with it, you should have be at least having conversations about with racist family members about why what they're saying is racist. While your girlfriend is not one or boyfriend is not one of the good ones. That's not that's a racist term. I don't know why y'all people like to use it so much. Um, And you like that is how I feel like that is how you hold like family members accountable. If you know your boy doesn't respect women shouldn't bring your girl around shouldn't bring your girl around him first of all and then second like it also makes me question you because i'm very i'm very like much a believer in the idea that girls with a feather flock together not in the sense that like all girls that are whores are friends with each other or all girls that are going through a whole phase are friends with each other or all guys that like play sports or friends with each other although you see that a lot but you know what I mean like and the idea right. that like the, the people that you surround yourself with and that you interact with on like a considerably like large or the people that you interact with for considerably large amounts of time or the people that you interact with on like a considerably regular basis share the same ideals as you so for example Z and I like the same foods we both enjoy brunch we like alcohol we like the same shows we like a lot of the same clothes you know like we have the same ideas politically a lot of the time like we're best friends for a reason you know what I mean like because we have so many things in common so if if five out of your six boys and uh, you're the sixth boy if oh, five God. out of your six boys are rapists you expect me, <laughs> you expect me to believe you expect me to believe that at no point in time in your life did you not take advantage of a girl I'm going to assume that you're a liar and I'm going to block you on my phone. Right. If five out of the six men that you hang out with, and you are the oh sixth man, you are six. if five out of the six Jesus. men that you hang out with are racist or degrade women or are those right. niggas that yell out of cars at bitches on the sidewalk talking about, hey, yo, ma, come let me holler at you or you're, you're pussy looking fat in those jeans. Like, I'm going to assume that you do that same shit too. You know what I mean? Like... Right. Definitely five out of six. I was definitely talking about how everybody, you know, there's that one friend, there's that one family member that says the problematic shit. So like in the sense that it's best to like not bring those people around people that you consider love. No, I completely understood. I completely understood what you're saying. And I agree. However, I'm also putting out the point that like, if it, if it's like a majority rule type situation where like, Oh no, well that's a completely, more than half of your friend group out here doing fuck shit like drugging bitches and you know doing cocaine in the bathroom i'm gonna assume i'm gonna assume that you also do cocaine in the bathroom at work you know like you've been been watching a lot of shows lately i can tell criminal minds criminal minds have been doing a lot to me but like do you understand my point like no i understand your point i'm just saying for like the lower level like yeah but we even see in like the clicks at school like all the basketballers right. hang out with each other. All the footballers hang out with each other. All the woke bitches hang out with each other because all of us are in the same clubs at school. All of the all of the, the black kids migrate towards each other at school. Like, it just life is clicky, whether you want to admit it or not. It like or you gravitate you gravitate towards people who are like you or who have similar interests to you. So while there are always exceptions to the rule, while like you may be a group of good. Ex- outstanding gentleman and you just have that one friend that's like been your cousin for your whole life right. or y'all been friends with since grade school so y'all really haven't gotten rid of him but you know he's problematic like 
granted there are situations like that but there also are a lot of situations where like y'all are just all y'all just ain't shit. shit like yeah. you all your friends all your friends ain't shit and you want me to expect that you ain't shit too if all of your friends have three girlfriends all <laughs> of your friends encourage each other to horn their gal i'm gonna assume that they're encouraging you to horn your gal too and i'm not gonna be the gal that you're horning i can promise you that <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're talking about baseball teams now. <laughs> okay, we're not gonna we're not gonna step into that. Okay? I, was just, I was I was speaking very generally. Thank you very much. But um, to this podcast, I don't know. Anyways, I highly doubt it. Like I, I was saying, it. Is like, it I completely Wait. I completely understand what you're saying though. Like I really do believe that like if you know it is a matter of like you know that one racist uncle or like that one racist grandfather or whatever you're dating. A woman of color then like maybe not bring them around that particular family right member, or make sure that the confederate flag comes down before we pull into before the driveway cu- right whatever else could you like, imagine pulling up to someone's house in the confederate flag? i wasn't getting out of the car i can I promise you that <laughs> our old no, boss you has a confederate imagine. flag hanging in his living room bro oh wow yeah. i really went to work every day huh yeah wow. mm-hmm if I had known that, I had to quit. You really say mm-hmm. that. You really kept that to yourself. To be you fair, really I need that. to do at work with me. Like, I, I cannot you afford really to be kept, there by myself. You really kept that to yourself? <laughs> but yeah. I did not know this until now. But yeah, I agree. And then, like, if you're, like, going to the family cookout and all of your cousins are eyeing me up and down, we're never going I'm to honestly, the cookout Honestly, I'm going to ask again. you if you've like, never dated a black... Like, imagine, 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 right? Imagine you are dating a non-black person and you pull up to the family function and everybody just keeps staring at you i'm gonna ask you if you never dated a black person before because (laughs) why are they looking at me like that (laughs) or even if you know i pull up to a function with like my black partner and all his little and we're gonna use a hood man for example in this case but all his little hood cousins are eyeing me and no that is the appropriate example I will not start yeah. looking at me that like, I'm a piece of meat on We're the going home. I'm gonna, We're I'm going gonna home. There's a problem and we need to get back in the car. We need to yeah. go. Right. <laughs> we like, need to go. This, ain't, this is a lot of things, but it, this ain't it. This is a lot of things, it but it. it ain't it. Okay. Where are we now? Oh, my last two, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So my first one was. Are you religious? And if you are religious, how do you practice? Um, at, oh God. With you know that question, okay, let me ask you this before you dive in. With that question, let me ask you this. Do you think that two people of different religions can exist in harmony in a relationship? Yes, but I think there are a lot of concessions involved. And I really mm-hmm. do think it depends on how much of a devote practicer they are. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I agree. I completely agree. Yeah. I, just, I was interested. You want to take this? <laughs> so I, I think religion, it's a very tricky situation. I think especially in beginning of relationships, because I think a lot of people don't really think about it. Um, because, you know, you are, like Naya is saying, you are someone with your own identity, your own personality, your own thing. So, like, there really is no problem with you going to Mass on Sunday and then him going to wow i do not know any other religion okay anyway so i'm gonna just skip that because <laughs> i was about i was about to use like another um like religious service and i was like i actually can't think of one which is actually really bad i'm gonna go research that after um 
But I mean, like um, people go to mass on Sunday because they go to church, and then some people go to like people who are people go to the mosque on whatever days. People go to the mosque thank to do you. their prayers. I was gonna say mosque, but then I was like, I, I don't know if they go on a certain day or if you just I don't know what day they go. The, I was gonna say I'm gonna I'm stop sure. before this gets offensive. I'm just gonna yeah, keep going. So there, let's quit while we're ahead. Um, so like in terms of that, like that's not really I feel like that much of an issue. I think, though, when the relationship is turning into something more serious, when we're talking about marriage, I think that's and really I think when, when we're talking about children and you want children. to decide what religion you want to raise the children in, I think that's when it, yes. I think that's when it, it's most controversial, especially if, exactly. especially if you're from two different faiths, like two different religions, exactly. as opposed to like different sectors within a religion, because like you could be Pentecostal and I could be Catholic and we could come to a happy medium. However, somebody that medium. might be Muslim and I'm Christian, might have very, like, opposing beliefs on how they want to raise their children, especially as it relates to things like dietary restrictions and, like, dress codes and stuff like that. And I just use Christianity and Islam as an example because, you know, those two tend to butt heads quite a bit. Heads a lot. Yeah, I think it it could happen with any religions. No, exactly. And I think that's what we're talking about, why, like, these are questions that you get get before this is like an actual like significant other um because you can't decide how you're going to raise like kids when the kids get here by that time it's too late i feel like before you're before you're considering marriage because unless you are entering into a marriage without the idea of having children children. i feel like that'd be the only time but if you are entering into a marriage with the idea of having kids I feel like this idea of religion and how that's going to blend and who's going to make concessions that needs to be happening before like y'all even get engaged. Yeah. Like that needs to be like, I completely uh, agree. once you know the relationship is serious, that it's a conversation that I believe that you need to be having. Um, and yeah. then I and feel I think, like even just like think, in a more. And I also think like, granted, like you might not want to outright come on a first day and be like, what's your religion and how many children do you want to have? Right. Do you want to get married in five years? And I don't think like that aggression is necessary on the first day. However, I don't, I do think that like, you should be comfortable enough with the person that you're pursuing that you are like dating consistently to have those kinds of conversations. So like conversations with them. So like on day eight, you should be able to like casually like bring up in conversation and be like, you know, like what is your take on religion? And like, do you practice? And you know, like, where do you see your life in like five years like those are conversations you should be able to have and they shouldn't be like hard conversations to have like if you truly are comfortable with a person and I don't think you should ever enter into a relationship with a person that you aren't like fully comfortable with especially if you are not comfortable about having like certain conversations and stuff because not only is transparency but like truthfulness in general and like honesty is important for the maintenance of any relationship whether it be a friendship or a romantic relationship exactly and then i think even without being like super serious i think even with um more maybe like easygoing maybe starting out relationships even religion can still play a dynamic if you are a more conservative person when you are dating someone there might be things that you will or will not tolerate even she means in, sex she means uh, sex i actually didn't but she means sex <laughs> i actually well like yeah sex would be a big part of it but like sex. even <laughs> okay but even if you are someone because you are maybe a more conservative christian you would prefer that you date a girl who is more covered as opposed to one who maybe like booty shorts and like two tops nyla and then like you can't see me rolling my eyes right now but i am or 
or you know like situations where um you don't drink and the person right you don't drink and the other person does you don't like really to go out that much you are the vote attending every sunday so if you want to brunch on well, not even brunch, because usually you can catch brunch even if you go to church, unless you go to a long service. But, like, yeah. your Sundays are always filled. They are always reserved for, like, um, faith-based um, things. And, like, that is never going to change. So, like, you know to expect right. that, so on and so forth. So I think, like, it can definitely, like, pay a part even in kind of, like, day-to-day relationships. So if you are more, like, devout instead of just... Because there's a difference between being a Christian. I believe in, like, a, a devout Christian. I can say yeah, I can Christian, agree. but not someone who... I feel like it's like a devout where like I am like consistently like practicing. That's just not, I don't go to church every Sunday. I don't, I don't know the last time I I went to church actually. So I also believe there's a spot reserved for me in hell. So, you know, I'm just trying to gather as many points as I can. I just want y'all to know that me and I are going to spend both this life and the afterlife together, you know, (laughs) as, as the aunties that come take your children for an hour, give them presents and give them back. And then later on in hell as we sit next to Satan. Yep. To the left, left hand, right hand, just chilling. I don't even think you can chill in hell. I hope it's not as hot as they say it is. But you know what? I'm just gonna- I'm, I'm gonna just get gonna, my I'm tang. Just, I'm, a- <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. moving along smartly. Last question. So what is your current financial situation slash your ideal one? And uh, Ooh, I don't even know where to start. I'm going to start. Like, I always feel like there's this debate that happens with telling the person that you're dating about your financial situation. And especially when women are asking men, because then everybody's like, oh, dude, she's a gold digger and she's only with him for his money, whatever, whatever, whatever. And yeah. I, I honestly think it's, it's an honest conversation that is important and that like should be had. Because if, for example, I like going to country clubs and dining out and hang out with my friends and drinks with the girls on thursday and brunch with the nyla's girls an expensive bougie bitch fuck off okay. <laughs> anyways if i like doing all of those things and you don't have the means for that and then it becomes a divide in our relationship like you know what i mean like that's a problem that could right. be avoided if we had that conversation in the first place and i actually saw a debate about this on twitter recently about whether or not your partner knows how much you make and when they found out that information and some people were like well my partner found out because we went into like financial initiatives together so like some people like moved in together so they were like splitting rent so obviously they had to know how much each other made or whatever some people like I guess bought a car with their partner like people who were more long-term relationships but I think I think it still matters for like not maybe not like if you're casually dating someone where like you're just kind of having fun but like if you're actually like you know with somebody even if it's in the beginning stages it matters because your financial status and situation affects your lifestyle you know what i mean and you don't want to be living vastly different lifestyles from the person that you're dating because there can be a disconnect no like i definitely like 100 percent agree with that and then i think that even in terms of this idea what you were saying about the role of women and men when it comes to finance and being in a relationship because there is that thing about, oh, my woman held me down when I didn't have a job and oh, she was taking up. care of all of the finances and uh-uh. our nigga wasn't working, but she was always 10 toes down. Ah, mm. listen, listen, right? I, ten toes I am face not, down. I'm not 
all sorts of shit. Well, we're talking about yeah, like tying back into you, like, you know this what? idea. You know, of, like, did you hear what? Did, did you hear what Zia like, just said? You heard what she just called me a bougie bitch. Zia and I both ascribe to that lifestyle. <laughs> so, I just want to put it out there. I'm not in that by myself. Like that's the both of us. So right. But I'm like saying, this idea of like, what are you going to be financially depend? Like it, what, dependent. Like, if you're on going me to because, have to on your partner, like yes, what does that dynamic look like? How do you feel yeah. about that? How do you feel about having to be the one maybe who pulls like majority of the weight, or is by helping your man like pay rent or pay car notes and like do these things because he does not have the financial capacity, but you are investing in him because you. But see also, like the are, potential. If, if, like, if a if a situation like that arises, are you willing to do that? And also, are you capable right. of doing that? You know what I of mean? Because like, I might only be able to support myself. So <laughs> I'm not really sure how you trying to be pandos down in the dirt, baby. Because after I pay for all my shit, I'm poor. You know. So, Right. Not like not, not like and literally then, speaking, but like the, all of that needs to be taken into consideration. Also, you have to as as we spoke about earlier, you have to consider how money might play a role in creating an, an equal power dynamic within a relationship. So, for example, when I was dating Mr. Man, he made significantly more money than I did, money, and I was cool with that. Yeah. I was cool with that. I had no problems with the fact that he made more money than me, but I also wasn't dependent on his money. So I was still paying my own rent. I still worked at the restaurant. So I was still making my own money. It was just that, you know, there were certain things that because of his lifestyle that he did that, like, if I wasn't dating him, I probably wouldn't have done just because like, I'm a college student. And all, also, who has the fucking time? Like, he been had their time on his hands, but we're not going to talk about that. Um, but because he was making right. significantly more money than I was, you know, and he's also definitely like one of those men that's like, I want to take care of the girl that I'm with, yada, 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 yada. Um, there were things that he would want to do for me that like, I, w- I wasn't really opposed to, but like, they weren't, they weren't necessary. They might not have existed in like one of my other relationships or whatever. So I think it's, but, and even then it didn't create an unequal power dynamic in our relationship. Like we were still very level because I wasn't dependent on him. So I think, I think dependence plays a big role, but also the ways in which you use your money within your relationship and the, Mm -hmm. the ideas that you have about each other based off of money in the relationship are also very important to consider. Listen, I'm a firm believer in don't let these men convince you to quit no job like you know what i grew up in the caribbean i grew up in the caribbean i grew up in barbados yeah. you know what i believe in i'm a firm believer in vex money don't ever be so dependent on a man that you can't <laughs> do anything without him here we, That's exactly like like this idea of vex money is definitely like a thing like an emergency fund if your man wants to pay your rent and all that shit that's good and well save money just make but sure you that should if be saving up, money you because you still too. have a job yeah. right like, make I, sure that like it, if if there comes a point where he decides that he wants to stop paying that rent you you were not you're still good because so like if you're the person who gets an allowance i am in a believer in you should have your own separate savings account that he does not know nothing about yes i believe in secret money i don't care yes, if you think about yes, it sir. i don't care and i think every time you get your allowance like 10%, 15%, 20% of that money needs to be going into a savings account because you never know. Y'all always swear that y'all gonna be together forever until you're not until and you're, not. you're in trouble. And I the think it's also to very... be on you and you can't leave because you don't have money. Oh, no, but I think it's also very important. 
I think it's also very important to acknowledge that realistically speaking, I think a lot of financial analysts say this too, but you should be able, you should have enough money in your savings account to sustain your lifestyle. Is it six months for six months so that you have that time to find a new job? I, I would have to find the analytics. I'll post them on our, our Instagram page or something, but the analytics are, for example, if you are with a man who like pays for all your stuff, you should have an, and you're getting an allowance then you put aside money from that allowance so that for if for any reason that allowance should stop happening you still have enough money saved up that you can sustain yourself for I mean at least two months while you're like looking for a job or something you know right. what I mean um yeah but also my parents always taught me about vex money if your parents did not teach you about that I'm sorry but I'm teaching you about it now make sure that <laughs> don't go nowhere that you don't know don't go nowhere that you don't have enough money to go to get home don't fly right. out to meet no man that you don't have enough money to get on another flight if he treats you stink don't go anywhere with to dinner with anybody where you know you can't pay for dinner if they decide to be a cunt like none of that that's money sis that's money that's and then in the most important thing the other thing that i want to say that i think is super intermittent in terms of finances and i don't care how much of a gold digger y'all think it makes me sound don't be do not marry a man who does not have any money and i'm gonna okay, tell so. you why yeah I was, and i'm gonna tell you why because I know marriage is about, you know, love and commitment and whatever, whatever okay, but bullshit no cap, convince as you. As we are married, as we're talking about marriage, whether we're yeah. married or not, our bank accounts are staying separate, baby. And that's just not on that. Anyway, <laughs> continue. Yeah. Um, but when you get married, like, it's not just about the love and the whatever the fucks. It's about, like, the combining of assets, the combining of debt. His debt's going to be your debt. The collateral on the house also goes into your name. The loan sharks are going to call you up, sis, if they can't get in, get in touch with your husband. It's so important that at the very exactly. least, you are aware of the debt that you will be going into when you enter into a partnership. Agreed. You are aware And this of- is why I say, this is why I say, you know, if you're going to date and not even... It's not even don't date a man that has that does that doesn't have his own money. It's don't date a man that doesn't have any money in the bank, because if the right. bank can't prove that he has money there, they still come to you as his wife or whatever. So if you aren't gonna date the drug dealer, make sure he's putting your money in your hand at the, on the first of every month. Yeah, yep. all I have to say every the first of every month without fail. <laughs> Set a time like you know we release the podcast at nine a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Nine a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Where's my envelope, shorty? Where is it? Right. <laughs> If, like, you, if you're going to date a drug dealer, you better I'm, know how to, you better know what you're signing up for and how to handle it. That's all I got to say. Right. And this is not to say, like, you should not, like, invest in people, but it's to say that everything has its limits. You do everything up to a certain point. Exactly. You cannot risk your own credit card, like, debt, your own credit score, your like, own your own financial support. Yeah. This, is, for, this, doesn't, this doesn't just speak to, this doesn't just speak to finance. This speaks to everything that we've spoken about tonight. So the person that expects you to be the ride or die and put out all their shit, but doesn't give you anything back, you can't constantly pour out and not get anything back. Because at some point, you're going to wind up empty. And that applies to almost everything in life. So. Right. If you are with someone who cannot have any control of your finances, their finances become your finances. And next thing you know, the IRS is panning on your door and then you're going to jail like Martha Stewart. And like this all could have been avoided if you just, you know, didn't get married, like get married when both of you all are financial, financially stable and not before. You know what? That's, I'm it. Not, no, that's, I'm it. that's what I have to say. Tonight. Yeah. Um, we'll talk to you guys <laughs> next week. Bye. Bye.